Hello, and welcome to the only podcast of its kind on the internet for the Quantum Grammar Shoot. I'm your host, Colin Jason Heffy Matthew Colin Glass. And in this podcast, I'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which is just me sharing my opinion, mostly through the lens of the wonderful technology known as Correct Sentence Structure Communication Parsing Syntax Grammar, i.e. Quantum Grammar. Thanks for joining me. Hope you enjoy it. The other day, I recorded a whole podcast talking about uh, Freemasonry and conspiracy theories surrounding Freemasonry. And I deleted it because I came upon a nine-part video series on YouTube that was recorded about half a year ago that connected some dots for me that formerly were not there. Like, I didn't see these connections before. I gained new knowledge. And in correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, uh, modality of navigation, of thinking, um, we're constantly, through humility, stopping and correcting our knowledge, so to speak, and updating it, which is what I did. And I deleted the whole podcast because new knowledge came to light. And I obtained more comprehension of the subject than I had previously possessed. What is the connection between Freemasonry and quantum grammar? Someone may ask. And anyone who's studied this for any length of time will know, especially if they've watched those old Colin David Eiffelman Colin Miller videos, is that David claimed to be a 92nd degree Mason. Now, I have no way of certifying whether or not the man was a 92nd degree Mason or not. I personally had never heard of a 92nd degree Mason. That's not to say that it doesn't exist, because any argument that one makes about Freemasonry or any position that one holds or any continuity of the evidence that one may possess cannot really logically be proven or disproven. Why do I say that? I say that because it is a secret society. So there's no real way to know what's true or what's not true because at its very essence, it's a secret society, which is a violation of rule one, rule equal. So there's no way to prove or disprove any of it, any theory, any discussion, any claims about it, at the core heart of the matter of what it actually is. Now, we can look at the performances of Freemasons. We can look at the types of individuals they are, um, you know, their station in life, how they conduct themselves. We can look at their literature. We can look at their books. We can look at what, what's publicly available to us to read. But then again, if it is a secret society, they are 
If something's written down and put out there, then they know it's going to be read. And it even says, and I'll point this out, in just about every single book, even Lodge-specific books, it will state in there that they do not write down certain rituals and certain rites. They will not write down or describe them at all. And their chain of command is basically structured like, say, for example, the CIA or something like that. It's an as-needed-to-know basis. So a first-degree Mason may not have knowledge of what a second-degree Mason has. And a second-degree Mason may have no idea what the third degree is doing, and so on and so forth down the line. Their meetings are structured that way. So they could be planning, you know, some kind of big, uh, I don't know, some, some big thing. They could be planning, hey, we're, gonna, we're all going to go to, you know, a trip down to the Caribbean, all of us, you know. All of us um, sixth-degree Masons are going to take a trip down to the Caribbean. And degrees one through five may have no idea that the, the, the degree six is going down to, uh, to the Caribbean. You see what I'm saying? That, that's how it works. It's an as-needed-to-know basis. So just because someone's a Mason and then they tell you, well, no, Masonry isn't this or Masonry isn't that, how, how the hell would they know? right? It's an as-need-to-know basis. That's how information and knowledge is shared in there, and, and there's just no way to verify or certify a lot of the things that are claimed about it. And so that's what happened in the podcast that I recorded that I deleted. I was definitely sharing my opinions, but there were some assumptions in there that I was able to turn into rather than possibilities, I turned them into probabilities just because of the dots that were connected via watching these nine, this nine part video series. And it had to do with symbology and some very interesting parallels between the symbology of Freemasonry and religions and witchcraft and Satanism specifically. It was very interesting. And it made sense, um, to me at least, uh, how these parallels worked, these similarities worked. Now, I'm, of course, not making any claims here about Freemasonry. I'm simply observing, logically. And also, I'm going to share with you firsthand knowledge, my experience, uh, my most recent experience with... Um, interacting with individuals who claim to be Freemasons. Whether they were or not, I have no idea. I just know I belong to this um, pretty neat group on, on Facebook that has to do with mythology and religion and things like that. And there's some very intelligent individuals on there. It's not your average, normal Facebook group where people are rude and cussing at each other and just getting very, um, a lot of vitriol and volatility. It's not like that at all. It's more academic, if you want to say it, like more like, um, debating and things like that. Not, not so much rudeness. People actually hold, it's actually held to a standard of etiquette more so than other groups. But in any case, 
there is a discussion on there about this very topic. And someone claiming to be a Freemason actually entered into the discussion. I think they claimed to be a Freemason for 18 years. And it, it was just very interesting. So the discussion that I entered um, was regarding one individual's thesis that Freemasonry was basically synonymous with Satanism, that at its core belief system, they worship, they're Luciferians. I'm not saying they are or they're not. This is a podcast of opinion. Let me make that clear. I'm just sharing these things with you because the individual who brought correct sentence structure, communication, parsley, syntax, grammar, i.e. quantum grammar, to the public was a self-proclaimed 92nd degree Freemason, colon David Eiffelwing, colon Miller, okay? Let's get that straight. That's why I'm sharing this stuff, because I found it interesting, and I thought that you might too. So... The thesis was that Satanism is at the core of Freemasonry, and there's a, a lot of evidence was presented drawing parallels and similarities and direct connections between the symbology of Freemasonry and the symbology of uh, witchcraft and Satanism. Now, I'm not saying witchcraft and Satanism are the same thing either, but these all possess very similar things. And I'm talking about Satanism... Uh, as it relates to the Church of Satan, the Temple of Set, those types of modern Satanisms uh, founded by Anton LaVey, that type of thing. Uh, what's that other guy's name that, that split off from Anton that did the Temple of Set? Uh, Michael Aquino, I think is his name, Aquino. In any case, this was the thesis. And then this Freemason entered into the discussion and right away was, you know, respectful right off the bat. Because as I said, this group has a certain uh, level of etiquette. I'm saying, you know, I, I like the way you present your thesis, blah, blah, blah. But I can assure you, as a Freemason of 18 years, there is nothing to do with Satanism and Freemasonry. It hasn't, it's not, you know, blah, you know, he just totally dismissed it right off, right off rip which I found hilarious. I mean, I literally laughed out loud when I read this because here's someone claiming to be an 18-year Freemason, a self-proclaimed secret society. Well, I don't know if they proclaim that they're secret, but it is secret. It's private. You are sworn to secrecy. How can he say that? And you're supposed to believe him when he is a secret keeper, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, we are, there's some things we have to keep secret, but this is one we wouldn't keep secret. We wouldn't, you know, there's no Satanism involved because we, we wouldn't keep that secret. I'd tell you the truth on that one. I may not tell you the truth about these, this other shit, but I'm going to tell you the truth about this. You know, it just doesn't make any logical sense. All right. And then the, uh, the individual who made the post and, and offered the thesis went on to present evidence, the evidence that I'm told you about that I saw in those videos regarding the symbology and the practices and the rituals 
And the Freemason fellow, the guy that claimed to be the 18-year Freemason, then his demeanor started to change and he started to present straw man arguments. He started to do um, ad hominem attacks and then brought in the kicker. The, the, the card that I, I see that people will play when they have no other, way, no other place to go they have no other way to defend their position or no way to dismantle their opposition's position, they will play the anti-Semitism card, which made me laugh even harder because I know this trick. I actually was entered into the discussion. However, the Freemason, for whatever reason, completely ignored what I was saying. And what I was saying was, first of all, I said, I don't think people use this word Semitism, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic. I don't think they, they know what it means. I said, if you go back to the earliest nativity root meaning of the word, it just means anyone who speaks a Semitic language. That could be Jews. That could be Arabs. It could be anyone who speaks a Semitic language. And someone acknowledged this and said, yes, but it means this. And then I said, you don't get to take a word and modify its meaning to fit your political bias or your agenda. That's not how it works. That's tampering with evidence. And no one would respond to me. No one would even touch what I was saying. Because once you bring the language and, and the grammar and the logic into focus, all of a sudden, all these other fiction arguments melt away. And we're just left with what's being claimed. Can it be refuted or not? And of course, a Freemason is not going to be able to refute anything because they have no position with which to do so because they keep secrets. <laughs> they keep secrets. They are willful violators of rule one, rule equal. Honor, grace, peace, neutrality. They're willful violators of that. They take an oath, giving allegiance to an organization that they give authority over themselves, even above their families and their children and, and all that stuff. It's, you could almost say that it is the grand conspiracy theory of conspiracy theories. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean, literally, what is a conspiracy? Have you ever parsayed the word conspiracy? I highly recommend that you do it so that you know what it is I'm talking about. Conspiracy is not necessarily a derogatory term. It just basically means that there's a group of people that get together and make plans to benefit them and no one else, at the exclusion of everyone else. It's secret. That's all it means. And this goes on every day. Not only do Freemasons do it, a lot of other people do it too. It's no big deal. In terms of this discussion that was going on, though, it was really 
I found it just really interesting how every single time I brought it down to logic, I brought up what a Semite is, I brought up the fact that Freemasons are secret keepers and there's no way to actually refute the thesis that Satanism is at the core of Freemasonry because Freemasons lie because they keep secrets. And suddenly I got ignored. Now, the listener may ask, what does this have to do with Colin David Eifenwin, Colin Miller? Yes, we know he claimed to be a 92nd degree uh, Mason, but he was a good guy, right? He was trying to benefit his fellow mankind by bringing this quantum grammar to the public and teaching and, and doing all of these things. Well, let's look at what David claimed and let's look at what he did in the public and let's look at his performances. That's all we have to go on because the man, um, for whatever reason, is not coming forward to say anything anymore. He's been silent since 2018. So let's think about it. He claimed to be a 92nd degree Mason. And the reason why he made that claim or justified his claim is that he syntaxed Freemason Manly P. Hall's book, The Secret Teaching of All Ages, and then rewrote it using correct sentence structure. He said that he was a 92nd degree Mason by knowledge by the fact that he did that. And as I shared with you, and as you may or may not know about Freemasonry, Freemasons are the keepers of secrets. It's a secret society. They have things that they keep secret and private. Okay? That's a violation of rule one, rule equal. We've established that. We've also established, and you can look this up as well, that they are beholden to an authority over themselves, that they must put uh, Freemasonry above, on the priority list, above their own families and above themselves, right? When they're called upon to do something, they have to do it, as handed down with the chain of command. David, if he was a Freemason, was no different. It's no different. So whatever he was doing, theoretically, he was being allowed to do. He was being permitted to do it. That's just like, uh, what's his, um, Gregory Manorino on YouTube, the guy that I suggest as far as looking at the stock market and the economy and stuff that he's been spot on the whole way through. I've seen a picture of him with his, uh, Freemason apron on. I don't know if he's a Freemason or not, for sure. But if he is, then he's being permitted to say the things that he's saying. It's not like he's gone rogue. There are so many Freemasons in so many places of influence and of power that literally, you know, logically, if you really think about it, if you really study this, if you're interested in it, anyone who's in an a position of influence is most likely a Freemason or has ties to Freemasonry. That's just the way it is. And I know this from firsthand knowledge as far as judges go, 
as far as clerks go, as far as trustees go on township board of director, directors, committees, whatever it is, politicians, uh, police, attorneys, you name it, celebrities, you name it, actors, musicians, anyone who's in a major position of influence most likely is a Freemason or has ties to Freemasonry. Now, in that nine-part video series that I I was telling you about it was given by a former Freemason and there were also other f former Freemasons giving testimony in the video and what they said was and which I shared with you earlier is that information is passed down on a needed to know basis so there are some things that lower level Masons would not be aware of that the higher level Masons are aware of and they're constantly vetting the members to see which ones will be open and receptive and a likely candidate to receive that uh, secret knowledge as opposed to others who perhaps their moral or religious beliefs will not allow them to receive that knowledge. It creates a cognitive dissonance and then they cannot be trusted. So each individual has their own use in their own place within the organization. And it works that way because they take that oath that they must do what they're told under pain of this, that, or the third. And I'm not going to go into that part of it. What I'm saying here cannot be refuted logically. Because again, if a Freemason tries to refute what I'm saying, how can you believe them? They're secret keepers. <laughs> can neither prove nor disprove it. What I can prove is what I've read. And I do have what I think is an original copy of Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. There's some very interesting things in there, especially on page 321. If anybody wants to look that up, there's some very interesting uh, things in there that are discussed. And also, uh, it pretty much illustrates the craft, the Brotherhood's attitude and position toward the general public who are not Freemasons. Very similar to the way certain uh, religious groups treat the general masses, otherwise known, known as the Goyim. It's very similar to that. And let's put it this way. It's not rule one, rule equal. And for more on that, if you have a version of colon David Eiffelman Colin Miller's website available. I know whoever controls it took it down, I'm pretty sure, but there are archived uh, versions of it on the web that are easily accessible through the Wayback Machine or whatever it is. I'm not a very tech-savvy guy, but you can find it. If you find his dictionary on his website, look up the word S-E-R-F, surf. And... Maybe some of this, these puzzle pieces will come together and the dots will be connected for you as well. I'm not offering judgment or opinion on any of this other than just presenting what I find to be very interesting information on a topic that I've studied for many years. And new knowledge keeps coming to light because as, you know, through my travels, I travel through the Mid-South a lot. I come into a lot of used out-of-the-way bookstores thrift shops and I find these awesome lodge 
specific Freemason textbooks, little, almost like if you see like a, you know, like a, a, a church from an isolated small town in the South, they have these little missiles. They call them, I don't know why they call them missiles. That's hilarious. But these little books, prayer books, leather bound. It's like that, like a large specific textbook specific to a certain town's lodge. And a lot of these books come from the early 1900s that I have and I've read. And I can certify that it says these things in the book about the way the degrees, you know, knowledge is hidden from one degree to the next, actually trickling down. It's a trickle-down thing. And uh, that certain rituals are not shared with the public and will not be written down. It's all there. Violation of rule one, rule equal. So, keeping logic in mind, if you ever have a discussion with a Freemason and you bring up these topics to them and they, and they dismiss it and they say, yeah, you know, that's just goofy, you know, Satanism and Freemasonry. What a goofy idea. That's not what we do at all. We do charity work. We do this and that. We try and do good in the politics and blah, blah, blah. Look, they are sworn to keep secrets. They wouldn't be able to tell you. I mean, what who, what massive organization like that would ever admit to being involved in Satanism? Number one. Number two, the individual you're talking to may have no clue if Satanism is at the core of Freemasonry or not. They may not be have access or be permitted to learn that knowledge. How would you know? How would they know? There's no way to verify or certify any of that shit. It's just, for me, it's just, it's fascinating. I personally have been, you know, over the years since, especially since, well, only since I started uh, teaching correct sentence structure, have I been approached by Freemasons at, at different times to perhaps take a look at, at joining their organization, which of course I have not. In some of my social medias, I am followed by uh, Masonic Lodges or Masons. And it's very interesting how they advertise this stuff. I was just thinking of this. It uh, popped into my head. That nine-part video series, which, if I can find it, I'm going to leave a link to it in the description of this podcast. Um, on TikTok, there is an individual. I came across this because I... I searched in TikTok the narrator of the video, the nine-part series I'm telling you about. I searched his name on there. And then in correlation, this video popped up with this guy who has tattoos on his face. He looks like, um, I don't know, one of those modern pop rap, whatever you want to call them, stars that have tattoos and shit on their face. He looked like that, right? I guess how gang members used to look, uh, but now pop stars look that way. And this guy claimed to be a Freemason. I was like, whoa, Freemason with tattoos on their face. Wow, they're branching out now. (laughs) 
In any case, this guy goes on to refute the narrator of the nine-part video. This guy with the tattoos all over his face goes on to disparage the, the narrator, goes on to ad hominem the narrator, attack the character, present straw men, as if we can believe what a Freemason says anyways. Isn't that funny what I just did? It's a... When I was talking about the tattoos on the face, I'm bringing that into light rather than the information the individual is permitted to say. And I say permitted because he is a Freemason. If he is indeed a Freemason, then he is permitted to say what he's saying. Otherwise, he wouldn't be saying it to the public. Right? Okay. So that's as far as I'll go into that. You can look this stuff up yourself. It's not hard to find at all. And I will say that correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar is a pure technology, irregardless of the fact of whether Colin David Eiffel Wayne Colin Miller was a Freemason or not. He claims he was. I have no reason to dispute that. Why would I dispute that? That's fine. I don't care one way or the other if he was a Freemason or not. The tech is pure. I have studied the tech to such a depth that I feel that I've been able to establish a consistency with it so that there's no question about the hows and whys anymore. That there are no more contradictions, at least with the way I teach it. And it works for me. And that's the most important part. I wouldn't be teaching it if it didn't work. Okay? I just wouldn't. It wouldn't work out for me. Rule one, rule equal. There are no secrets. I don't classify anything. I put all my knowledge is on my YouTube channel. You can check it out for yourself. www.youtube.com forward slash Jason Matthew Glass. You can check it out and learn the grammar. If you're curious about learning this pure technology and fast-tracking your learning through confidential workshops one-on-one -on -one with me, you can email me at jasonmatthewg17 at gmail.com. I will set up a 10 to 15-minute video consultation where you and I can vet each other and see if this is what you really want to do. If you are that motivated and that willing to do what it takes to learn it, I'll be more than happy to help you. Rule one, rule equal. Um, other than that, Hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope to see you next time.